old and that should be one that never grows old in your heart. Amen? How that Jesus saves. Let me make a couple more announcements try quickly. Leadership class this Sunday at 5 p.m. starting a brand new year in leadership class. Also, this Sunday evening at 5 p.m., we will begin a brand new youth choir. Amen? And we're excited about what the Lord is doing there. All right, take your Bible, turn to 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4. We have several prayer requests. We'll pray for right after, at the end of the service. Many that um, um, need our prayers, and we'll certainly pray for them. And uh, right now, let's get right on into the message. First John chapter number 4. If you find your place, look this away for just a moment. When I read the Bible, I try to kind of place the writing according to the writer. To believe that the Holy Ghost of God moved men to write the Word of God. But one of the things the Holy Ghost did was He would take the personality of those men and allow that to uh, show up in the writings. You read uh, the Apostle Paul, you'll find some things that are very common. Uh, almost all of his letters, he begins by just saying, Man, I'm just thanking God for you. Amen. I just praise God for how good you are and what you're doing. And, and uh, John, of course, is the disciple whom Jesus loved. And you almost look at him as maybe a little on the passive side. I always considered him maybe being a, a passive uh, disciple and Peter being the bold one. Always sticking his foot in his mouth. But when you get to the verses tonight, you start to change your thinking about that. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing passive about what he's writing. We began three, uh, several weeks ago uh, looking at understanding love. We, we defined it. We looked at love manifested love. Last week we looked at a bold love. With the help of God tonight, we'll look at the last of these, an honest love. First John chapter, verse number 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Pretty tough. Some places... Him be fighting words. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? I don't know about you, but that's pretty well in your face. That's pretty well straight, gun barrel speaking. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. Tonight with the help of God, we'll look at an honest love. An honest love. Let's go to the throne of grace. Matthew, how about you praying? Amen. 
if your Facebook reads something like this, Oh, I love you. And then when it goes to someone else's page, I hate your guts. You know anybody like that? Here is the seventh time we've heard the phrase, if a man say. And what's interesting about that statement right there is this. It always comes seeds a warning against pretending. As the ideal of fear and pretense goes together. No sooner did Adam and Eve sin that their guilt, they tried to hide from God and covered their nakedness. Genesis 3.10, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Man's been trying to do that ever since. Ever since. But when a heart is right, God and we're confident towards God, we don't have to pretend either to God or to those around us. Now a Christian who says they're a Christian and lacks confidence with God is going to also lack confidence with people around them. Part of the torment that fear generates is a constant worry. How much do others really know about me? I find people many times are this way. They, they, they don't want nobody to know anything about them. They're very secretive. and get very angry if anybody finds don't want anybody to know anything I think there's some things that are sacred to a home and a family that ought to stay within the four walls of the house. But I'm not afraid to be transparent. Are you? Someone asked a preacher one time, how many members do you have in your church? And the pastor said, well, we have somewhere around 900 to 1,000. He said, man, that's a, that's a lot of people to try to please. Pastor Lee said, let me assure you, my friend, I've never tried to please all my members or even some of them. My desire, sir, is to please one person, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I'm not with Him, then everything should be right between me and my people. And I say amen to that. I love that statement. We find that one of the things that we... we this thing of pretending or this thing of... Uh, saying, I love someone, I love God, but yet the truth is we don't love our brother. There's someone we hate, then that's a pretense. And God just pretty well put it blunt. Put it blunt. And he said, you're lying. That's what he said. Because fear and pretense go together, but love and truth go together as well. And so when we find that... that uh, when we say that, now let me just say this, so you never, I, I don't want you to ever second guess this. When the Lord said He loves you, He loves you with no pretense. As a matter of fact, His love will never be in question. He, it, it'll never be on trial. It'll never be, you never have to second guess it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 
I want you to know you never have to second guess if God really loves you, for He does. Deuteronomy 13.3 says, Thou shalt not hearken to the words of thy prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Here's what God says, I approve what, what you say you do if you really do. God was constantly, all through the Old Testament, God was constantly proving a crowd of people and putting them to the test if they really loved Him. As a matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm not preaching messages, a series this year. Um, when the Lord sent emails, seven churches, Revelations 2 and 3, Lord sent letters, if you would, to those seven churches. And the first church he started with was this. He said, I got somewhat against you because you've left your first love. The first issue he dealt with in dealing with the church was, do you really love me? Do you love him tonight? We find that his, our love for him is always in question. We find Peter was being challenged and tested and Jesus described the kind of love he ought to have. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. I hope everybody's listening. A little boy declared his, that he loved his mother with all his strength. He was asked to explain what he meant with all of his strength. Here's what he said. Well, I'll tell you. You see, we live on the fourth floor of this tenement, and there's no elevator. The cold's kept in the basement. Mother's busy all the time, and she's a very strong, so I see to it that, that the cold uh, place is never empty. I look the cold up four flights of stairs all by myself. It's a pretty big place to fill up. It takes all my strength to get it up here now. Isn't that loving my mother with all my strength? Lord's love for us has been proven. May I ask you a question? Do you really love Him? If a man say, I love God, I won't ask you to raise your hand. God might sit down beside of you and say, you don't really love me because you hate so-and-so. You hate that person in your family. You hate that brother or sister. You hate that person at school. You hate someone. And God said, if a man say, I love God. So first of all, we see there's a verbal proclamation if a man say, I love God. I fear sometimes, folks, and I believe we've all done it, I fear sometimes we're too careless with words. I think sometimes we say, well, you know, I, I just really love God. And with all my heart, I want to love God. But I have loved God. Said I love God, being very, very with with some hate in my heart towards somebody else. And God said, "You just lied." Yeah. So first of all, 
So a lot of this should be true. Have you ever, I, I, I'll use this as an illustration. I, I tell people all the time, please don't tell me how much you love me and how much, how wonderful you think you are. I am because those people almost always end up quitting, gutting me, knifing me, whatever. So just don't tell me. So we find that well, if there's anything ought to be true is that we really do love God. A Christian ought to be able to say with all the truthfulness and correctness, I love God. It ought to be answered with an amen from heaven. Amen. There was a an artist by the name of Gustav Dorr was putting the finishing touches on the face of Christ in one of his paintings. And a friend stepped quietly up behind him. She looked with a uh, at the painting and she she said, Oh, beautiful. He said, Pardon, madam, I didn't know you were here. She said, you must love him very much to be able to paint him thus. Love him, madam. I do love him. But here's what he said. But if I loved him better, I would paint him better. Can I say this? Everybody look at me now. Look up straight at me. Our love for God is painted to the world every day we live. You paint your love for God every day on a job, in your house, in the schoolhouse, at the shopping mall, everywhere you go. You paint Christ before this world. What do they say? If we love Him, if we love Him, should be... That, a lot that should be true. I, I'm amazed at this. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at, at, at God's people. I, I, I'll be frankly, this really just makes my little head spin on its shoulders sometimes. Pastor! Now please don't boo me out. I appreciate them calling let me know. Pastor, would you please pray for my children? Pray for this, pray for that. And, uh, and boy, I just, I just really love God. But we won't be there tonight. Oh. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not their judge. But it does make me wonder, how much is that love really there? A love that should be true. Number two, a love that should be told. If a man say, I love God, or be said, we shouldn't be ashamed to express our love for the Lord. We shouldn't be ashamed to tell others how much we love the Lord. We shouldn't be ashamed to tell anyone that fact that we Love the Lord. I, I, not long ago, uh, I had a, a receipt. It was um, a gift stay, gift card, and uh, I had it to the lady, and uh, 
She said, are you the pastor? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, you're going to like what I'm going to write on this. I thought, what are you going to write on it? She said, she wrote on that, redeemed. And then she said, she turned around and she said, I'd just like you to know, I've been redeemed as well. And I mean, we just sat down, we just had the best talking about the Lord. There was no, she wasn't ashamed of her God. She wasn't ashamed to proclaim, hey, I love my God. Are you ashamed of Him? I want to you young people, are you ashamed for people in your school to know you're a Christian? True story. True story. Ten years ago now, I mean, a long time ago. So don't, don't get sideways. I mean, long time ago. Men, men, darling, got hooked up with this dude. He ran a cleaning service. And, and, uh, we would clean the Hardys in Valdez on Friday night and Saturday night after they closed. And, I mean, this has probably been, goodness, probably 30 years ago. And, um, but we was there. And a young man was there that we knew. His uncle went to church where we went. And I made the comment. I said, would you all come over there? Your uncle's there. And your, and your uncle's a deacon. He got in the floor. He laughed till he cried. He said, you, you put him in as a, a deacon? He's the biggest crook in town. And it was hilarious. And I'm honest, I was broken hearted. You know why? Because his life didn't match up to what people knew about him. There was a pastor by the name of Rittenhouse. His family was on a vacation. And uh, they was going down the road and the suitcase flew off the top of the car and so they stopped to pick it up and try to get it back to the owner. And uh, the only clue to the driver's identity was a $20 gold piece given to Otis Sampson, his retirement by Portland Cement Company. So this pastor, he looked, he searched, he finally found the man's address. And he contacted with him and uh, here's what he said he said you can discard the suitcase and all of its contents only the gold piece here's a phrase my most precious possession several times he used it to describe the gold piece and returned him I wonder tonight I just wonder tonight what is your most prized possession Oh my goodness. If it's got four tires on it, you're living way below, way below what you ought to be living. If it's sitting on a piece of land somewhere, you're way below. I hate to tell you this. I know it's going to bother you. It's going to, it's going to keep you up all night. I almost prayed to tell you this. But guess what? It's going to rot, blow up, burn up. It's going to be gone. And you're taking it with you. Most prized possession. 
ought to be when we pillow our head at night. That God had gotten to heaven that loved me so much that he died for me. Amen. And I love him and I want to love him more. So number one, number one, there ought to be a verbal proclamation. I look this way, I wonder, young people, every person, not just young people, every person, have you got a best friend? How many of you got a best friend? How many of you got a best friend? Okay. Have you witnessed to him? Have you shared a gospel message to him? Have you ever asked him? Are you saved? Would your lifestyle be so hypocritical? It has no merit. There ought to be a verbal, a verbal, a verbal proclamation. But not only that, notice what else he said. There needs to be a visible demonstration. One statement. Slap yourself and wake up. You need to hear this. Showing speech so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. What you are showing speaks so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Your actions will speak louder than anything you say. And people are looking. One illustration, real quickly. I work at a chair company, run a fishing room, and um, this, this brother, I've been witness to him. I've witnessed to him time and time again. Invite him to church, try to get him to church. Talk to him many times about the Lord. One day, I told him I wanted to do something. He didn't do it. Didn't match the color panel. We washed him off and redone it again, and he'd done the same thing again. And um, I said, okay, wash him off. And um, I said, okay, well, I guess we need this. I threw it to the other end of the department. Right across the floor. Just... I stomped off to the office. I got to the door and Holy Ghost of God said, that's real good. I'm proud of you. I mean, after all, you've been witnessing him and talked to him about Jesus. And I mean, that's really good. That's real Christian. Now, I'm going to tell you how stubborn I was. I said, I tell you, I ain't not going back to talk to him. Apologize for nothing. Stubborn. And I'm in my office. I bowed up. Holy Ghost of God said, I mean, he doesn't speak, but boy, he speaks loud. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. He says, what, what, what do you mean you've been witness to him? And, and you, just, you just showed yourself. So, what days over, I went back. I said, Listen, I said, I had no reason to throw that. That wasn't the proper thing to do. And I said, you, you forgive me. I should have never done that. I said, that was wrong. It was wrong on my part. And I said, now, we've got to get this thing right. And I said, let's, let's fix it. You know why? Because what you say, what you say, Speaks louder than what what you what 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 you what you do what you what you how you act what you show speaks louder than what you say. I, I, I need I need to say this and please please don't don't boo me out please don't boo me out. 
But you ladies, if you want, if you if you go in with the top down to your belly button and the bottom side up to your hind end, don't get upset if somebody makes a rude comment. If that's what you're showing. I mean, I'm amazed at that. Uh, I, we we had a I had a friend and they they had uh, some scrunch. They come up to the house and. The air conditioner kicked on, and when it did, all the skunks sprayed the thing. Got in the house. And so, man, they had a time just getting it cleaned up, and all that kind of stuff. And the little girl come in the next day from school and said, Honey, uh, uh, Mama, they all said I smell like a skunk. She said, Well, honey, you do. <laughs> I mean, if we don't want things said, we ought not show things. Amen. But if we want to love God, there ought to be a visible demonstration of we loving God. Number one, a claim that is denied. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. Hateth his brother. The word hateth means to detest. Means it carries the ideal of persecution. Listen to a good description of hateth. Hate comes on a cloud. Fleeting, softly, silently. Hate comes in disguise as envy and jealousy and pride. Hate knows no boundaries, no limits, no finish, no ending. Are you listening? This is, this is true, this is true story. There was a little town in, in Switzerland called Little Basel. And the inhabitants of, 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 Great Basel, the town next to it, showed their contempt for their neighbors. They built a big town clock. And uh, they put the figure of a face pointing to the little town. And every time the, the, the town clock would, would, would strike, a long red tongue would protrude out of it towards that and literally making a face at the little town. Every time he would, would strike, he would stick his tongue out at the town next to it. Uh, how silly can you hear? Hatred manifests itself in many ways. Sometimes in words and sometimes in action. But when that is denied, you say, well, I love God. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody when in your heart you do. God says you are a liar. Now don't come up here and want to whoop me. I didn't say you was a liar. God said you was. He knows heart. Number two, a conduct that is discredited. A man say, I love God and hate his brother. He's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Well, I'd put you in clear. God says this. If I cannot, I can see George Brown. He said, I am. God said, if I can't love him whom I can't see, how much name am I going to love God whom I've not seen? It's that simple. And yet, what a powerful statement. We have a relationship with a God we've never seen. And yet, we have a relationship with others whom we have seen. And one pretends that he loves God and he can't see him and yet God's... But he, he does not love his brother whom he can't see. 
John said, that's impossible. He said, that, that kind of conduct is impossible. He said, if we love God, there is a, a visible demonstration of that love. And a visible demonstration is a love for one another. A love that is manifest in the way that we show our love one for another. First John 3, 17, But whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need, and shove up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? As the ideal of a love that's put in shoe leather and worked. A.J. Gordon said this, I've long since ceased to pray, Lord Jesus, have compassion on a lost world. He said, I remember the day and the hour when I seemed to hear the Lord say, why don't you have the compassion upon a lost world? Because it's up to you to have that compassion. If we make the claim we love God, yet we do not love our brother, it reveals we don't really love God. Now, boy, I told you. For a, for a disciple whom Jesus loved, kind of, I always kind of thought passive. There's nothing much passive about this. Now, it's a verbal proclamation and a visible demonstration, but there's a vital expectation. And this commandment, oh, oh stop right there. Why do you want to put that in there? Why did he want to add verse 21? If I didn't love God, I'd take that verse out. If I could take that verse out, I'd be okay. But that verse is a killer. And this, what's the next word? What? 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 Commandment. Oh, so this is not an option. This is not something I get to choose. This is not something that I have. Uh, I choose A or I can choose B. Uh-uh. No. Just A. This commandment have we from Him that he who loveth God love his brother also. Let me just stop right here. Someone's going to say, but you don't understand. You don't understand, preacher, who you're asking me to love. No, I'm not. But I will say this. How much did he, what, what did he find when he found you? How much was you loving him when he found you? What kind of love was you giving him when he found you? So loving one another is a command. It, it speaks of an injunction, an authoritative warning or order. Loving one another is not a choice. It's a command. God didn't say, now, okay, uh, I'm going to love George, and, but I'm not going to love Gene. No, God doesn't give. There's no option. He boxes us in. Now, look this way. Some folks are harder to love than others. Amen? But I'm going to help you. Listen. It makes no difference whether hard to love or easy to love. God said, 
And this is a commandment. How we from him that he who loveth God. How many of you loves God? Love his brother also. Charlene Wood once visited the king of France and king was so pleased with him they invited him for dinner the next day. Sure enough, the next day, Sir Leonard uh, showed up. He said, how is it you're here? He said, you invited me yesterday. He said, yes, but you didn't answer my invitation. Then it was that Sir Leonard would utter one of the greatest sentences that you'll ever hear. A king's invitation is never to be answered but obeyed. A king's invitation is never to be answered but to be obeyed. And the commands of our God are not to be answered. God's not going to hear your debate about it. Even if you go home and say, you just don't know. That crazy preacher don't understand. That crazy don't understand. What he's, who he's asking me to love? That person I work with, I think they're the Antichrist. God said, love one another is a command. Number two, love one another is a condition. In order to love God, we've got to love man. In short, if you can't love you can't love God if you can't love your brother. In the days of the early, Christ, early church, the, the heathen used to say this, man is a wolf to a man he does not know. Man is a wolf to a man he does not know. But they said this about the Christians. They love each other without knowing each other. Behold how these Christians love one another. Tonight, this love, this honest love, it's, it's just, it's there. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no wiggle room in it. I have read it for the last two days, hunting for that place. Love one another if, or if they do this, I've looked for, I've searched I'm telling you, there's no wiggle room there. God said, God said, as simply as he could say it. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. He that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Now tonight, Here's what I'd like for you to do. If there's a person, there's one person. As I prepared this, I'd be, be just very, very transparent. I'm not afraid to be transparent. I had a person. I couldn't honestly say I loved him. To be honest, I really couldn't. And so, as I prepared this, I got along with God. I said, God, I, I need help to do this. I need help to do this. Uh, and I, I don't think I can do this by myself. But Lord, if you'll help me, I'll do my very best to love this man. And, and I just believe God will give me exactly that help to do just that. And if you have that person tonight, I encourage you to do the same. 
find you a place around this altar. Say, God, because I, I mean, honest, I want to love God. Amen. I want to love God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I want to give God everything I've got. And I don't want anything this way to keep me from loving Him this way. So tonight, there's a person comes to me, and I'm preaching. I think I love God, but I don't know if I can love so-and-so. They say they're a, they say they're a brother in Christ. They say they're a Christian. Huh? Then God said, okay, um, here's a commandment. Love Him. He said it'd be easy to say love Him. So tonight, if you need help with that, I encourage you to come. Let's all stand to our